ever you're listening to coffee bacon and other sacred things <laughs> i i'm so used to doing radio on the i have to give the call letters after <laughs> we don't have to do that here let's try that again you're listening to coffee bacon and other sacred things hey that went better and i am your host or one of your hosts pastor chris gravison and my lovely and talented co-host miss joyce Ev- adams is with us Hello, everyone. And you'll hear me stumble over her name multiple times. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah, I it, don't take it personally any longer. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It, it just is who I am. And <laughs> we've been together long enough. It's just like... Oh. When, I, when I heard you fumble your youngest daughter's name, I said, huh? <laughs> I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> uh, number two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my children, I love them. All right. Well, it, the cool thing is we do have a Facebook page. Now, you can just um, look up Coffee, Bacon, and Other Sacred Things on Facebook, and you can like uh, and follow us on Facebook. And if you're listening to this on Podbean, which I hope you are, um, like and subscribe on Podbean, too. It's just, you know, the more likes, the more um, subscriptions we get, the better things, the more we get to spread the word. And so... Um, if you have a something you'd like to like us to talk about, if it's a specific, because we're ta- we talk about the Bible after we do the goofy stuff and the fun <laughs> stuff, and we start being goofy about the Bible. And so, if you have a, a passage, you have uh, a, uh, a a subject or something that you'd like to hear, you have a question about, shoot, put it on our Facebook page, put it on uh, on the comments of Podbean, and. I'll do the research, and I'll do everything I can to get a good uh, good answer for you on that. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, I am the biblical authority. Well, I would have to not, cr- not disagree with you. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> for but once. <laughs> you see, that the, you couldn't see. She rolled her eyes when I, when I first said that, because she knows. <laughs> My eyes ever start clicking when I roll them, I'm done. <laughs> I'm cooked. <laughs> oh, I love being a pastor. I see the hard part for me. I can pull up the thoughts and the and even a few quotes here and there. I can never remember the the you know citation. It's from Ephesians. That if I don't have it written down, it ain't coming out the mouth. It's, um, but this is a show that asks the burning question: Can you be a good Christian if you don't like church coffee? That's a thorny one, because <laughs> church coffee is not noted for being um, a connoisseur's brew. Yeah, but it's it's what it's what is available at yes. at at church, and it's one of those things where I've become oh man, I've had to admit it over the course of the last years. I'm I am a coffee snob. <laughs> Just I will not disagree with that statement either. <laughs> I- I like what I like, and I like how I like it, and and I'm so particular about the way that I make my morning coffee. Even I barely trust my sweet wife to do it correctly. <laughs> oh boy! I know it's sad, but it, it I, I I I love the I love the the memory from when we lived in Indiana. That we went to a large church, and the the I don't know if it was a, a set group of ladies or anything, but there were a group of older ladies, or like a, I don't know if it was an older Sunday school class or what, 
but they're a very sweet, godly group of, of older ladies who made the coffee every week. And you could read a, you could see the bottom of the cup through that coffee. The, when you, when you got, oh, it was, it was just so weak, but they liked it that way. And they made it so that everybody could like it, stuff like that. Well, the downside was when they, the, the men's ministry was uh, taking over the, the, you know, for the day, I think it was father's day. So the men's ministry was doing stuff or his mother's day and the men's, I don't know, one of the two. But I, they put me in charge of making the coffee. Ooh. Yeah. Now, again, I, I don't know if I said this before or not, but Brenda and I have, people don't like our coffee because we make it so strong. Well, nobody was snoozing during the sermon now, were they? No, I, but that was a funny thing is I, they told me to make the coffee, so I made man coffee. And, <laughs> <laughs> you should... You could look out in the fellowship hall and you you saw the reaction, the you know, the, how you sip something and you jerk forward and you, you spit it back out. It was <laughs> like, what on earth is this? So sad. It looks like coffee. It smells like coffee, but hmm. I know. <laughs> My roommate does that. I make. I don't make really strong, strong coffee, mm-hmm. but she doses it with water. Oh, she does. Yeah, about a quarter cup of water to her cup. Well, see, that's see, that's what I like about making if, if you make the coffee a little stronger you we can do that water. you sure. can add yeah you can yeah. add some water to it if it's already really weak and you like it stronger there's nothing you can do so no. it is a good exercise in being content in your circumstances <laughs> no matter what so <laughs> that's real important in life <laughs> yeah so you know that's god teaches us a lesson through church coffee <laughs> now you're you know you've you have consumed coffee for a long time because you were a, you were a truck driver with your husband many oh, yeah. moons ago. Drank mucho coffee. Yeah, and sometimes ate those horrible caffeine pills. Ugh. Oh, bad yeah. reaction to that. But I, I I drank a lot of coffee. Yeah, but you're kind of new to the coffee addiction or the snobbery the, or the, yes. the connoisseurism. Totally new. Truck stop coffee is not for connoisseurs. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's dark. It's strong. Sometimes you can stand a spoon up in it. Sometimes it's been sitting there for a while. Um, so it's not really oh, man. coffee aficionado time. Uh, but I, I gave it up for quite some time because there was all these people were saying it. it's bad for you. Mm-hmm. They, and I suppose if you drank, you know, 10 cups a day, it is bad for you. Yeah, I mean, I I knew some people in the Coast Guard that you know they had their their fingers in a permanent crook because <laughs> from, the of, from carrying the cup around all day. <laughs> well, the gentleman that I worked with on the food concession, he drank coffee all day long. Mm-hmm. He said he had to drink coffee to get up enough energy to go to sleep. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> that's sad. He loved coffee, but then I, you know, I started reading things and said, hey, it's really actually good for you. One or two cups a day is good for all the body functions. So yeah, well, that, I, uh, back you, to coffee I went. There you go. And and yeah, see, I think if, if anybody ever tells you you, sh- you drink too much coffee, you should cut that person out of your life. <laughs> Definitely. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. We know all the foo-foo coffee started coming out too. You know, there's oh. uh, not, we didn't have Starbucks for a long time. We have Starbucks now, but um, catfish coffee and all these different coffee places. It tastes pretty good. Yeah. Kind of like a milkshake. <laughs> yep. And, and see, for the longest time, I was always the guy who I will walk in to a coffee shop or a coffee, you know, now what we could know as a coffee shop. And I order coffee. 
I walk in and say, I want a, you know, your house coffee, this size, whatever, whatever. And that's a, And then my sweet wife and my sweet daughters walk in and they, I call them the sissy frou-frou drinks. <laughs> yes. And that's, it's not coffee. It's really a dessert mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's got coffee is. in it. It actually is. <laughs> but just on a lark, last, I think it was last Christmas time, I walked into one of our local coffee shops and I, I think I was with um, our youngest, Corinna. And I just said, I would like this. And I tried a latte. I had never tried a latte before. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that stuff. Yeah, so are pretty good. Yeah. So now I don't go to the... I, I, we have... We make a really good coffee at home. So I don't go to a coffee shop for regular coffee anymore. I only go to get a latte. Uh-huh. So maybe I am a kind of a convert. I've, I've been I've been First softened. First the latte, and then the cappuccino, and then the oh. macchiato. You're hoping. it's just <laughs> you're a there. downhill slide. <laughs> Slippery slope you're on. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite coffee brand? I've never asked you that before. Um, yeah. <coughs> Starbucks is so so. Um, mm-hmm. Your Black Rifle coffee is pretty darn good. Yeah, that's that's it has a, a pinnacle good flavor to it, and uh, it's strong enough. I've tried quite a few of them, thanks to Amazon. Oh yeah, I had Death Wish coffee, and um, I just did that for because it sounded exciting. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now I I I have a feeling this will come up a lot. It, um, Black Rifle Coffee Company is not a sponsor of our show or any sort. No. I would love them to be a sponsor of our show. Yeah. I would I would die a happy man if. That- <laughs> I think they're great. They're gaining in popularity. They have been over the last, especially over the last couple of years. But that's that is Brenda and I are are. Oh, I can't, I don't want to use the word disciples because it's just, just wrong. But we're we're aficionados. We're, yeah, aficionados, and we are, we are strong advocates for um, Black Rifle Coffee. And I've got I've got Black Rifle co- Black Rifle paraphernalia or or merch coming out the wazoo. I think I've got five different shirts. Of black from Black Rifle, my favorite is Tactus Squatch, and he's just awesome. And if you don't know what Tactus Squatch is, go to Black <laughs> Rifle Coffee website and you will find out who well, Tactus Squatch you is. Know, you, you might add that Black Rifle Coffee Company is a small company, mm-hmm. uh, employee owned, and they're it's veterans, veteran owned. Yep, yes. and it just it's a they're they're a neat company, and they're just guys. I just they're they're, they're I just love them. If you see the commercials, they can be a little off color because they're guys, but uh, I love the coffee. So and and but see. And and listeners, you got to start campaigning, you know, to get it because my wonderful co-host will not eat bacon. Nope. Okay, she's on a show <laughs> that's coffee, bacon, and other sacred things, and she does not eat bacon. I was not consulted on the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were not. I will give you that. <laughs> And had I been, I don't think bacon would have played a part in it. <laughs> I know, and and and, and you are, why don't you tell tell our listeners why you are you are a vegetarian? I'm a vegetarian, or a pescatarian, or whatever. You're vegetarian for the most part. Yes, I'm a vegetarian, a lacto ovarian vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I eat eggs, and I I don't drink dairy, dairy product. I don't drink dairy milk. I drink coconut milk. Okay, but um, the reason why I became a, veg- a vegetarian was not concerned for my health, which. Probably had a tiny, tiny part in it, but uh, I am appalled at the way animals are treated. True, they're going to be slaughtered, but there's no reason to beat them and torture them, and there's no reason to raise them under the circumstances that they are raised. 
um, it's inhumane. And what uh, what good is that? I'll, I'll start lecturing now. <laughs> <laughs> what benefit can you have from consuming something that is this, in this terrible condition? They're fed growth hormones and antibiotics to keep them from getting infections because they're all crammed together. Um, they're stressed out from the max from the time they're born until they're slaughtered. So is this good for you? I don't think so. Well, and and, and you've had this conviction, I think, b- before, as long as we've known each other. Yeah, let's see. I think we've known each other about six years. Oh, I go back at least 10, maybe 12 yeah. years vegetarian. So, and, and, and it's one of those things, I respect that. I don't share it. I, and I understand where it's coming from, and I've actually seen some of the videos, and those videos break my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, <laughs> I know I, it's it's one of those things. I feel such so callous and saying it breaks my heart. Just not enough to give up meat. <laughs> it's like Chris, well, you 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 sna- you cad. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own way. Yeah. Your your um, morality will catch up yeah. with you one of these days, and you're gonna say, "I don't want to see the little piggy shivering uh, terror." Yeah, I don't want to see. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch those videos anymore because they oh. bring me down. I'm just gonna eat my meat. And <laughs> Especially the bacon, huh? Yeah. Well, I can. Uh, it's funny. I now we tease each other about it, and I, 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 but I stay respectful. I will always stay respectful of your, of your, of your views. But I consider myself a meatitarian. So, <laughs> I thought you, I thought that was pronounced meathead. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Just y'all, going by your family's. <laughs> y'all ain't nice. No. <laughs> That's good. Oh, well, I like that. I respect your views also. I just not going to eat bacon. Amen. And oh, that, that's like a universal thing. Any everybody who is ever going to be tempted, they say, to, to give up vegetarianism, is going to be tempted by bacon. <laughs> it's like this universal thing. You add bacon. No, bacon's sacred. Everything is better with bacon. You know? Sacred. Do you want it to? Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but for the sake of our, it has a nice flow to it when it's. When you're saying the name of yeah, it our does. podcast. Yes, coffee, bacon, and other sacred things. And it, <laughs> Joyce would just rather say coffee and other sacred things and just leave that blank. Yeah, it, but it does have a better kind mm-hmm. of you know, <laughs> word, mouth, word feel to it. Yeah. However you would say that. Well, um, I want to talk about, we should get to our, our, our topic of the day. And what I want to, I think we're going to talk. Uh, well, <laughs> now that I start talking about something serious, I start stammering. Um, but when talk about holy love, now I think we could talk about holy love and love of God every episode for a thousand episodes and never run out of wonderful things to say about the, the love of God and um, the, what scripture says about his love for us and our love for him and the the wonderful stories that people have of discovering and understanding the love of God. Um, I, I, will, I will put you on the spot because we don't rehearse these things, <laughs> but um, what, what's the question? Um, what, how do you feel? About the love of God. I mean, I, we've talked about it a little bit, I think, before. But, I mean, what, what's your it's, perspective on it, dear? It's a wonderful feeling to, to know that God loves me. I felt totally unworthy for some years of God's love. But I'm very comforted by the fact that he does love me. It, it gives me a really good feeling when you say I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that feeling. And uh, the love is, we love God, but God loves us more than we could ever possibly 
Yeah, that's the love that we have is paltry compared to the love that God has for us. Yeah, and I think that's the mission of our of our talks here and stuff like that is um, is to for people to understand just how much God loves them, because when we understand how much when uh, how much God loves us, there's you can't not love Him back more. And I have to admit, I've there there's been times in my life that I've struggled with. I know the character of God, and I know He loves me no matter what. But when I'm struggling, it's hard for me to feel that love. If I, if we're walking through a, a trial or a difficult time, um, there's times that it's hard for me to feel that love. But you know, He is faithful, and He you know, He's. But I, I had three things that I wanted to kind of just talk about and 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 share about God's love today, and a, a really cool story uh, that of how God showed me just how much he, um, he loves us. So, but the first thing we can say about um, about God's love is that God's love is incomprehensible. Wouldn't you say? I love these big words. You, have, you always got to use big words to, ex- to express the love of God because his love is so big. But it's incomprehensible. You, you can't, it's, it's really hard for us to genuinely wrap our brains around right. how much God loves us. Because there's no way possible we could ever have such a love. We could mm-hmm. experience it ourselves. Well, and, yeah. the end of it. I mean, think about it. His love for the world caused him to give his son. I can't imagine a scenario where I would be willing. I, I love someone so much that I would be willing to let my one of my children walk into you know into harm's way in order to save someone else. And so, but Ephesians uh, chapter three, nine, verse nineteen. And I know this because I wrote it down in front of me. That's why I have this scripture <laughs> reference. <laughs> but it, you know, Paul says, and and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the, the fullness of God. And it just we can't wrap our brains around it. We just trust it. We just trust that it's there, and and we can feel it. And the next thing I was thinking is that love's God is unconditional. God's love is not, you know, God's love is unconditional. And again, First John four fifteen and sixteen says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they live in God. And so we know and rely on the love uh, that God has for us. And I had it on my phone, and I left my phone outside the the studio. But again, you think about Romans chapter 8 verses, I believe it's 38 and 39, where Paul says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not, not good stuff, not bad stuff, not the, not the devil, not the world. Not, not, I mean, that's not what it says exactly, but nothing can, can separate us from that love. And that's a wonderful feeling. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. <laughs> I need I need your feedback, dear. <laughs> well, there's feedback, and then there's interrupting you when you're in the middle That's of true. a great discourse. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's not go there. <laughs> when you're on a roll, <laughs> don't want to interrupt the roll. <laughs> but yeah, you. I mean, that isn't. Can you can you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You'll uh, when when I'm on a roll, you you know you have to admit I am I am loquacious. I'm just not necessarily eloquent. <laughs> Throwing those big words around again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but also, I, I think that the 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 thing we can all relate to the most, or at least that we want to convey, is that God's love can be experienced. Um, that you know, 
we, we can feel God's love. We can see God's love for us. It, again, back to Ephesians chapter 3, um, Paul you know, told the Ephesians, he says, I pray that out of the glorious riches, out of, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, we are rooted and established in God's love, that may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It just kind of bleeds in to what we said first. And um, I think we can experience, that's what I want people to know um, through this podcast is just how much God loves them. It just... Well, sometimes when I'm doing things that benefit other people, like when we serve dinner on Thanksgiving and Mm -hmm. when I help someone or give them clothes or warm things to wear... I feel like I'm loving God in that in that way also, and I'm yeah. showing my love for God. Amen. And I, I, I think about what... I'll, I have to preface the story I want to tell about an experience with my family, and I will tell lots of stories about my family. They're just the absolute best gift. Other than my salvation, they are the absolute best gift that God ever gave me. Um, but I, I, I think about the prodigal son, which really shows, you know, Jesus told the story of the prodigal son to illustrate God's love for us because here's you know guy's got two sons he's obviously pretty rich because he's got servants and he's got land and everything like that and he's got a good one and a not so good one and you know that happens a lot but the the younger you know more selfish not so good one asks for his inheritance before the before the father's dead so the father gives him his money takes off Everybody knows this. He falls on hard times, and he comes home, and he asks his father to take him back, and the father rejoices and throws a party for him. I mean, that's a synopsis of the whole thing. And I, it was, it's, it was nev- never made more clear to me the love of God than last Christmas. And uh, our oldest daughter, Cecily, who is an amazing young woman, she's 21 now. Yeah, she's 21. I know. Shut up. I know. I should know my daughters. I get my daughter's birthdays mixed up too. So I'm a horrible father. We'll just leave it at that. But um, she went into the Marine Corps. And I will say, I know January 27th, 2020 is when she went into the Marine Corps. And we're a very close family. We always have been. And when We've gone through difficult times. The Lord has always brought us back together in Him, and it's it's really cool. But all of a sudden, she's gone, and it was hard for all of us. Um, it was just it was hard to get to watch her get on that bus to go to boot camp. But we kept thinking, and she kept thinking, you know, thirteen weeks, and she's home for ten days, and and it's going to be awesome. Well, if you noticed the year, <laughs> it was twenty twenty. And it was right before the pandemic hit. And so we're, you know, going along and we're waiting. And it was about six weeks. They, they, you, they always tell them, we got a letter from the, the, the district, or the district, the senior drill instructor saying, you know, you'll, you will not hear anything from your recruit for the first four to six weeks. And if you have anything that you need to, 
convey or you have any problems or issues, please, here's my cell number, call me, text me, and here's my email address. And so we uh, we went about six weeks, seven weeks, we finally heard from uh, Cecily after about seven weeks and got a letter from her and um, it, everything was fine. Well, as we made... In spite of how the pandemic was moving and, and everything, we called and made our reservations to fly out to uh, South Carolina because she was at Paris Island um, to see her graduate from boot camp. And two days after we made those plane reservations, they closed the bases and not let anybody on base, which was bad enough. And she ended up, I wrote her a letter and told her, and told her, we know, it's cool, don't worry about it. Well, then the next week, they canceled all leaves. So not only now is, you know, we're dealing with the fact we can't go see her, and she, she's not coming home at all, and we can't go to see her. And so, it and it just kind of kept going from there. She, you know, they after she graduated, they sent her straight to um, one school, and then they sent from that to another school, which typically they would get a few days leave between these th- things. And then she got shipped to Okinawa, which she wanted to go overseas. She wanted to go someplace that was different than the United States because she'd seen a lot of the United States. But she flew over to Okinawa, Japan, and she's been stationed there ever since. And But to be a close family and to be forcibly separated mm-hmm. like that with no with no breaks or no time together well, at all. It's bad enough just having her go to the military because in a way they own the person yeah. and she's going to that. But to not be able to see her for all that time and wicked pandemic changed everybody's lives. Mm-hmm. But that was an example of how drastic it could be. Yeah. And I honestly say I, I we praised God time and time again for video chats because it was hard enough to not be together, but to not if we'd gone so long and not even seen her i just can't i can't imagine i can't and that's what the norm was you know if not not all that long ago yeah you had phone calls and that was pretty much yeah. it or writing letters even worse exactly so you know we you know uh, i mean not it's worse but not, it's but harder still, too. yeah and so it's it, we were praising god for for the video chats and for zoom calls because for that first thanksgiving uh, we did a Zoom call with um, not just the four of us, but my family, that my extended fa- or my my family, their extended family, but my family in you know in town and or in California, and we had a, a really fun you know visit. It was it was eleven o'clock at night for for Cecily, but hey, she was she was a trooper. She went, and the first the Christmas that she was away, we figured out we, we she sent us all of her gifts for us and we made sure all of our gifts for her were over there in time and then we got up at six o'clock on or five thirty or six o'clock on christmas morning and it was about 10 or 11 o'clock at night for her and we got on zoom and we opened gifts together which no it wasn't the same but it but was pretty close yeah it was the best we could do yeah. And it was a lot of fun. And I, and, and <laughs> my favorite part, and you've heard this story a dozen times, I know, Joyce, but my favorite part was the guy that she was dating uh, had gone out with his buddies and gotten just slobbering drunk. 
as as Marines want to do. <laughs> and we're sitting there and we're we're um we're opening gifts and all of a sudden I see Cecily's uh her, her attention go over to the right and she's looking and I I knew somebody walked in the door and she just kind of looked at him. I think and she just kind of smiled and just not didn't know what to do. I said, Fabian just came in and she had said he was out with his friends. Yeah. I said, oh, I shouldn't use his, I shouldn't use his name because he didn't, we don't have permission. I said, so boyfriend just get meat brick just came in, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I think of him now. <laughs> And she said, yeah, I said, he's drunk. And she just kind of looked down and like shaking her head. And I just thought that was absolutely hysterical. He was, he, I think she, she cut it. She tell me, he, she just told me when she put his finger to his, <laughs> don't tell your dad, you know, or something like that. I'm, I'm sure my brain is making up a few things, you know, and re, you know, re- remembering it differently than exactly it was, but it was hysterical to me. Um, but it, we we made the best of what we what we could with that with that first Christmas, and we were looking at last year. We were looking at the second another Christmas without her, and I think around November, she told me that she was going to be able to come home. She would not tell me when, and we didn't want to tell my wife or my daughter or my our youngest daughter, Corinna, or anything like that. I wanted it to be, but she needed some coaching on how to get home. She had never booked flights oh, before. Yeah. And, yeah. and it reflected, she she called me and said, Dad, I got, I got a, um, a really cheap flight and it was good. And, and she, I said, what's, what's the, you know, where are you going? She said, it's, uh, she's leaving... Okinawa to Tokyo, Tokyo to Germany, I think Berlin, she said, and Berlin to Paris, Paris to New Jersey, and New Jersey to Dallas-Fort Worth, and Dallas-Fort Worth to San Francisco. Oh, cow. She got to see the world from the airplane window. No, yeah, she did 49 <laughs> hours of flight, mm, uh, of flight mm-hmm. travel. I said, baby, you can't, no, you can't. <laughs> The, you're going the wrong direction, and so she. I said, "No, this is. You, it doesn't matter. I don't care how much it costs you. I know this was a super cheap flight. Praise God. I'll give you the difference between the two. You, and so she got one from uh, Okinawa to Tokyo to Honolulu to San Francisco. Much more civilized. Seventeen hours of of travel, Maybe which she was, was flying the wrong way around the world to get here. She went all the way around the world. She was so embarrassed. And like, don't be embarrassed, baby. You've never done it before. But she was like, so, but we got to straighten out. I just didn't know when. And I was, you know, counting and wondering and went, well, she had made arrangements with one of the ladies at our church. And um, she picked her up in San Francisco and brought her home. And again, I honestly, I just knew she was coming. I didn't know when. But um, it was the Sunday before. It was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yep. It was the Sunday before Christmas. And uh, the lady, Carolyn, got up and was saying something. It was doing her regular thing um, on Sunday morning. And she starts crying and and just said something. I don't remember what she said, but out comes Cecily from the and side. Then, and her dress uniform. Her dress blues. Oh, so cool. And <laughs> the funny thing, when you watch the video, you can hear Corinna audibly scream when she sees her. <laughs> what well, was a beautiful surprise? 
but the 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 my point of this whole long <laughs> story dissertation yeah is that when she you know i had to wait by turn because corinna ran up and wrapped her <laughs> her arms around her neck and brenda just i mean all of us were crying melted yeah and brenda gave her a huge hug and then she came and she hugged me she said hi daddy and Every fiber of my body was love, was this warmth and, and for lack of a better term, passion for my sweet daughter. And I just hugged her. And I, yeah, I melted. And I was crying. Everybody was crying. And, um, but every fiber of my body felt love for for Cecily and there was no there's nothing else on my mind at that point and i realized later <laughs> much later when i was actually thinking straight that's how the father in the story of the prodigal son felt when he saw his son his son that was pretty much had declared his family dead to to him mm-hmm. When he came home, and that is God's love for us. And that's how he feels every time, every day, all day, every day. That is his passion for his children. And yes, for the entire church, for your church body, and for you, is this undying, 100% love, passion for his children. And... I've never had a clearer understanding of God's love until that moment. And God used that moment in such a powerful way. And that's my message. And that's our message in this to uh, everyone who listens to this. God loves you so much. His love is incomprehensible. As much as you want, as, as much as I want to think that, oh yeah, I know exactly how God feels now. Because no, he loves you even more than that, really. His love is incomprehensible. It's unconditional. It doesn't matter. He doesn't. He may not like things about you. He he's going to try to change you. He is. Um, he doesn't like everything that you do. Okay, because we all make mistakes. We all we all sin, and he doesn't like that. We are flawed creatures. Yes, but his love for you doesn't change because you do something that he doesn't like. It's still the same. And we can experience God's love when we come to him and believe in Christ and, and walk with him. That, that love, that passion can be experienced. And I just hope that, I hope that you liked that story as long as I can, <laughs> as, as much as I can drone on. Um, <laughs> I hope that story can make you understand a little bit of how, how much God loves you. Because that's really the goal of this podcast and we will be back we're we're gonna keep doing this thing and um, we will be back next time on coffee bacon and other sacred things i'm chris i'm joy goodbye remember god smiles when he sees you